0: Welcome to Season 5, Episode 8 of the Zebra Before and After Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Ball.
1: I think it's just like the larger pieces, it's just the space and, you know, they're just, it, the littler ones are, so, are definitely hands down easier and you can move them around. I have to rely on like my husband to come home from work to help me like move it if I need it to go and like to get to a certain part of it. If it's too heavy.
2: So it's just the size of it, I think, right? That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, When we finish, the first thing we do is we um, put it on its back and then we put those felt pads on the bottom. I'm going to get the impulse to move it like halfway during the day when no one else is here. So I just need to be able to push it across the floor
0: it's time to celebrate the winners of the Zebra Review March category theme of Zebra Hutches and learn about their refinishing process. And we're going to have a panel discussion on the challenges of refinishing larger pieces. Marissa with Lily and Cedar shares her tips on prepping furniture. Our question of the week, what did you do before you began refinishing furniture will be answered by our friends Terry with Fern underscore Tjav, Amy with High Lakes DIY and Sonya with Rustically Modern. Diana with Pink Pinecone shares her furniture mishap in her furniture blooper segment. Stay with us, friends. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. We are back into our monthly zebra reviews, and I am excited, and I know our listeners are as well. It's a lot of fun to have several refinishers on the show together. Today, we are highlighting the winners of our March zebra review. The category was zebra hutches. There are, of course, some categories that are more common and more popular than others, and this one you might say is down the middle. It's not uncommon, but also not something you see every day. It's always exciting to see refinished hutches because so much work goes into these sizable pieces. Our Zebra Review featured judge for March was Lauren with Portland Road Living. She was scheduled to be with us today to interview our winners, but unfortunately couldn't make it as she's under the weather. and We hope you're feeling better soon, Lauren. let's go ahead and get started. I'll announce the winners. First place went to Anne Michelle with Amina Design Ashburn. Second place went to Tiffany with Refab 6. And third place went to Heidi with Uncommoner Decor. Congratulations to all three of you. Nice job. Thank
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: Well, we've made it to spring everybody, at least the calendar says so. The big question is does does your weather reflect it? You know, we're covering Wisconsin, Virginia, New Jersey, and of course I'm in North Carolina, and I'll just go ahead and say this to sort of not set the standard but uh, and hopefully not create any uh envy, uh but I will say this, we are having a bit of a cold snap here. And by that I mean our lows are in the 40s at night and highs in the 60s in the day last week though was incredible it was we were talking blue sky days in the 70s so my question is what is everybody else experiencing and we'll go ahead and start with Anne Michelle because you're in Virginia you're kind of you're probably the closest to me so what's your weather like
2: right yeah we have the same sort of nice cool weather this week but last week it was up I want to say almost to the 80s. And we actually had to make an emergency run to Costco to stock up on those tissues because the pollen is out of control. Yeah, wow. right. yeah.
1: yeah. Yes, we have pollen
0: here. Yeah, it's like I said uh, uh, not too long ago I'm on one of the podcasts, probably last week's. It was like everything's yellow. You know, everything, all that uh, pollen falls and it gets all over your porches and your cars and and uh, everything just turns yellow. But I tell you what. You're right, because I bet you we had one or two days of 80s, too. So it was, like, incredible. It was. Well, let's move up to New Jersey. Tiffany, what's the weather report there in in, uh, New Jersey?
1: So it's been really sunny and breezy, beautiful out. Probably hits in the 60s during the day and definitely 40s at night. Last week, I was actually in the Outer Banks, and it was beautiful. Yeah, for Easter vacation, Easter break uh-huh. But my mom was dog sitting and here. We reached like 91, I think, one day. They had to turn oh my, my air conditioning off. <laughs> it was so hot. But yeah, right now we probably have similar weather to Anne, right? Like it's sunny and breezy yeah. and it's nice.
0: Oh, I know. It's like I want to hit the pause. You know, I just want uh, spring and yeah. this kind of weather to last long. It's really nice. Heidi, I know you're further up. So please tell us you're getting some of this weather. <laughs> or is it? Is it still cold up there in Wisconsin?
3: Well, I'm on the tip of Lake Superior as well, mm-hmm. so not only am I in Northern Wisconsin where it's you know generally a little colder, typically, I'm also like right next to the lake, and we call it colder, cooler by the lake this time mm-hmm. of year. So we really don't we don't really experience spring, so it's inland like ten ten, fifteen miles out of town, you can and and on any given day, this time of year, it can be up to like forty degrees warmer out there so mm-hmm. um a typical day we also up here in northern wisconsin we had a record setting year for snow we had the most snow we've ever had
4: wow
3: in a year so we had 100 like 36 inches or something like that i hope i'm not oh, too off word. it's close to that it was yeah it was a record and it just like never stopped i mean it's it there's still some snow in the forecast for us huh. so um i mean wow. that could happen yeah i mean you know, we had 136 inches worth of snow this year. So that was a lot. And then, um, yeah, it's just, it's typically colder here than elsewhere. Anytime this time of year, especially we well, just yeah. really,
0: well, the good thing is you don't sound discouraged. Cause I guess you pretty much expect it, right? <laughs> oh,
3: we so <laughs> expect it. Yeah. I mean, my kids have often asked me why we moved here or why, you know, I chose to live mm-hmm. here, but, um, you know, it, when it's nice, it's beautiful. It's a, and it, it's a gorgeous area to live in. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that it's a horrible place to live. It's just, it's cold. You have to be hardy.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of jealous.
3: We didn't get any snow this year. We usually get one good storm
1: in New Jersey. We didn't get anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, we didn't either. We
1: do like a good snowstorm.
3: Uh, I think we got it all. You <laughs> got
4: <did>. it all. <laughs> we got it all. <laughs> and I don't know if my
3: phone cut out when I was said. That we are, we, we might even get more. So yeah. we're not out of it yet.
0: Oh, man. Well, wow. you'll, you'll get there. We're, we're inching closer and closer, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: we have beautiful, beautiful summers and lots of lakes and lots yeah. of beautiful scenery up here, but it's cold in the winter and the spring.
0: At least we know that it's coming, so uh, you'll, you'll get to experience it soon. Well, we're eager to discuss your pieces, but before we do that, I just want to remind our listeners of how the show will unfold. We'll discuss your pieces and I'll ask you questions. And of course, others may also comment and ask questions. As always, I will lob in one of my fun out of nowhere questions for each winner. Basically, these are questions that have nothing to do with refinishing. (laughs) By the way, each guest will receive a different question. So that means you can't think about what your answer will be ahead of time. That's part of the fun.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Also, after we discuss your pieces, we'll have a short break, and then we'll come back on to have a panel discussion among all three of you on the topic of the challenge of refinishing larger pieces. For now, let's dive into your stunning award-winning pieces. And, Michelle, you won first place with your Drexel China Cabinet the straight lines in this cabin, along with the dark tones, are so beautiful. How about you describe it for our listeners?
2: Oh, thank you so much. So this piece, uh, it was one of the larger ones, of course, that you can see the size. I want to say it's close to 90 inches tall. it What struck me about it was that it had this really nice... Um, Finish. It wasn't too disturbed as you see in a lot of other pieces of that age. I think it's from the 1950s. So that's what initially drew me in was at the condition of it. And I thought it would be great because the tones, um, it sort of had shadowing on the edges, which I liked. And I decided to actually play on that a bit and do a wash, a black wash over the finish to sort of neutralize some of that orange and bring it down and then really bring out the dark tones of the piece. Um, so that's basically what I did. Um, and I like the sort of shadows that it gives now that it's done because it's sort of like along the edges, you see it's darker tone as opposed to the middle. Um, so it just s- sort of gives a lot of depth and dimension. And it's a surprise, but it wasn't that much work to do because the existing finish was in pretty great condition. So I encourage anyone who wants to do a wash, uh, try it. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. You mentioned the orange kind of tone that the uh, piece had when you, when you bought it. I mean, it, it just, uh, that, that dark wash just took all that out of there. I mean, you, you can see some highlights of it, but it's just such a neat balance. Was it difficult to know when to stop?
2: Well, I left the inside on the, top part of the cabinet i left the inside there as is because i like the idea of the two tones of the outside being darker than the inside um so i left that alone but on the outside i thought it would um just be nice to sort of try and uh neutralize that orange like you said and just give it more of like a sophisticated or you know muted um tone as opposed to the orange. That was just a little bit overpowering. Um, it wasn't difficult knowing when to stop. I just, the beauty of doing a wash is that you really can control the amount of coverage and the color, just depending on how many times you do it. And if you choose to like wipe it away or, um, keep it like full strength when you apply
0: it. Does a wash like that, does it usually require multiple layers? uh, Or I I know you said that that's part of the option, I suppose. So so particularly speaking in this piece, did you have multiple layers or was it just one layer of wash?
2: Uh, I did do multiple layers just because I did this one inside my house. So the lighting can differ even from day to day. So depending on what time of day I was doing the wash, it was like the light was hitting it differently. And so I ended up with one side darker than the other. So I had to go back and sort of (laughs) try and even out the tone. So in that instance, yes, I I had to try and find like the right balance between the two and not get overly held up on, well, what if it's not perfect? Because... Mm -hmm. Like, you know, with a wash, you can really, you can really sort of customize like the dimension of the piece. You can bring out the dark, but then again, you can play down the contrasting color. So that would be like the inside where it's lighter. So it's really hard, I would say, to mess up a wash. It's totally beginner friendly. It's, you know, Perfect for those that want to try something new and yet, you know, have it look like you spent a lot of time on it, but you really didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, well,
0: it's, yeah, it's such a rich look. Any type of special prepping that you have to do to uh, to do a wash?
2: I just cleaned it really well, and then i I did scuff sand um, in the areas where I thought it would need just a little bit of um, smoothing out. The existing finish was in really good shape, so I didn't really worry too much um, about that. A lot of times, of course, with the vintage pieces, you have like um, shellac on it that's sort of like crazing and giving that like crocodile finish. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, this didn't have that. So the wash went on pretty smooth. And um, yeah, it's it's a good, easy process um, to try.
0: What about top coating?
2: Yes, so thankfully, <laughs> I think I've talked <laughs> about my husband before. He's not <laughs> only the muscle, but <laughs> he does all the top coating <laughs> for <Does> me. He? <laughs> I am not. No, <laughs> Thankful, so <lucky>. <laughs> I really am. Seriously, you know and. <laughs> Um, with moving the pieces i know lane knows but i have four boys so i i get it in and out i painted it in the house but we had to top coat it in the garage so i had my kids help me well help my husband bring it to the garage and he top coated it and i chose a satin sheen for it like i like the coverage of satin because i feel like it just gives it that little extra you know you can see it from the other room when you're walking by that little shine um so i really like that look for this piece um but I uh, sprayed it on, so it's, well, he sprayed it on, but I like the coverage of this and it just sort of goes all together, especially with the black wash of the piece. It looks just really grown (laughs) up as compared to what it was.
0: And, Michelle, you didn't leave me time to to do my boo hiss when you used the word spray.
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. Well, we used our favorite zebra brushes for the application, Uh, of course. Thank
4: you. Thank
0: you so much. I appreciate you (laughs) clarifying that.
2: (laughs) Yes. I mean, for the wash especially, you have to hand paint. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I love this piece. It's just extraordinary. Now, did you uh, sell it or did you keep it?
2: It is sold. It's actually supposed to be picked up um, later this week, which I'm excited about. And it's now, going you, to New York.
0: <laughs> did you sell it Yay. after you found out it uh, won first place?
2: I honestly don't remember. I had it um, listed up on Etsy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think it was sort of like um, someone was feeling, feeling it out, you know, wanted more information about the piece. So we were going back and forth for about a week. But I honestly don't um, know which came first. I'm just happy it's sold.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to, I was fishing for the idea of like saying, uh, by the way, this one first place. So this gets a, you know, it's an extra 10%. <laughs> you know, you got a, you got a first place win in your home, right?
2: <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> oh, me. So, well, you know, Anne Michelle, you, you do a fair number of hutches, don't you? I mean, you're, you're not, um, uh, that's, that's not something new for you.
2: Right. I used to. I used to do a lot more hutches. Um, I think before, and I think my style has changed a little bit in terms of what I'll take on now. Just because hutches are a bit, you know, cumbersome when you do have to move it, and um, you know, take yeah. on the um, large project, you know, that comes along with it, all the steps. But yeah, I used to. I used to do them all the time, and they still are one of my favorite pieces to do. So. Yeah, I don't see myself stopping anytime soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good, because we look forward to seeing more of them.
2: (laughs) Thank you.
0: Does anybody else have any questions for Anne-Michelle's piece?
1: No, but I love it. I am so... I really want to try a black wash. I haven't done that. It's like on my bucket list. It's beautiful.
2: Thank
0: you so much. Well, Anne-Michelle, are you ready for your fun out of nowhere question?
2: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Okay, here we go. (laughs) All right, if you had to choose another career, which of the following would you pick? A, actress, B, a singer, C, a politician, or D, an athlete? Those are broad categories.
2: (laughs) That (laughs) easy, though. Um, Actually, it would be B, singer. And I, growing up, I always thought that that's what I was going to do. So, yeah, I told my parents, I want to sing, I want to go to Juilliard, I want to do this, I want to do this. And then, you know, as you actually reach that graduation date, you're like, well, am I really good enough? Am I really, you know, going to live that lifestyle where you go to auditions and you get, um, you know, all that pressure? And I was like, well, maybe not. And so I did the more practical thing and went to college locally. So, yeah, it's still a dream. Maybe one day you never know.
0: (laughs) Do you get time to sing? Uh, I mean, do you enjoy singing today? I mean, outside of the shower as everybody sings in the shower, right? But do you, do you get to sing anywhere?
2: Oh no, no, no. I annoy my kids at home and
0: that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) They just don't realize how talented you are, right? (laughs) Do you find yourself singing as you refinish?
2: Uh, in my head, yes,
0: I okay, do. Not out louder. <laughs> no,
2: no. <laughs> but you know, no. I always have music going, and you know, I, I, I guess I find myself singing along to whatever's playing. But um, in terms of like belting it out and. No, I don't do that
0: that much. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. You know, um, you know with social media, there's always that uh, that aspect of trying to be really, really creative and get uh, some extra views on the reels. You know, maybe you should sing as you work and, and uh, highlight those on your reels.
2: Yeah, I'll be the singing <laughs> refinisher.
0: Hey, there you go. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so I love these because we get to learn more about each other. Well, Anne Michelle can be reached on Instagram at Amini Design Ashburn. Congratulations, Anne Michelle.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Next up is Tiffany with Refab 6. Tiffany won second place with her cabinet. As she stated in her IG post, it went from dark and drab to light and fab. Tiffany, tell us all about it.
1: So I was given this piece by a client that I've done several pieces for, and this was a really special heirloom piece it was um I think it was her husband's grandmother's mm. so they um it was sitting in their uh, probably in their garage for years and they were built they're building a house so she brought it to me and she said she really wanted like a a modern coastal farmhouse look so we you know spent several days or you know a week or so picking <clears throat> out colors and all kinds of stuff, but it, it's a really special piece. It's going to be like their main focus in their living rooms. She's putting all of her picture frames with family photos in black mm-hmm. and white. So we wanted like a nice soft palette, and um, yeah. So she just said, "Do your magic and you know make this like update this." So mm-hmm. that's what we did.
0: So uh, were you nervous working on that? Is that always hard when you find out you got a, you're working on an heirloom piece?
1: It, it is. It's always like, you know, you want to make it, they're so excited and they really want to make it like special, but yeah, this piece was in rough shape. There was a lot of veneer damage. Um, it's like, I couldn't get, I had to get in the hutch to because we did a white interior.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I literally had to get in there with like artist brushes and prime every little detail. Cause you couldn't take the glass out. Everything mm-hmm. was really, really um, brittle. So I would have never been, I, it would have been so hard to get that all back in perfectly. I think it probably pieces could have broken, but yeah, so that was, so we pri- I primed the whole inside, then I had to paint it. And then a couple times, like, you know, there was, there's always something. So it just had, it had a lot going on.
0: Gosh, I bet that was challenging trying to paint. Cause you had the, the, I guess the door is right there in the middle, correct?
1: So I was able to take the door off, but it had like these two side, panels and i literally had to get like i sat on the hutch in like inside facing out and like <laughs> was like taking my brush and my i was like my neck is not happy but um <laughs> it came out really it was just it was perfect but i was like i'm never doing this again
0: <laughs> yeah it's such an interesting yeah it's such an interesting design because you can almost if you you know because hutches. You typically you think of hutches in two pieces. It uh, doesn't mean they're always in two pieces where you can take them apart, but it's almost like that could be a desk at the bottom. Uh, I don't know how high that is, but it has the shape of a desk, but then it's got the cabinet on top. I assume that's all one piece, right? It's
1: all one piece. It's super unique. I've never seen, I, I mean, I've never really seen anything like it. Um, it had really pretty feet and legs and it's just the whole shape of it was so unique. A lot of people did comment on that in my comments when I posted it, of how unique it was. yeah. And um, I just think it, you know, it was so dark and you didn't really get, you didn't really see how unique and how pretty the shape was until you put on that beautiful paint.
0: It's, it's interesting how, when you, um, especially if you're comparing the before and the after you, it just, it's like you said, the detail just really pops and the, yeah. the claw feet, I mean, they are, Extraordinary. They,
1: they're so pretty, yeah. So they just really love the piece and they want to use it, and it's just it, it it really came to life, you know. And the colors that we I think the colors were perfect.
0: Yeah. What uh, if you remember right off? What were the colors that you used?
1: Oh, so I used um, Lily really Moon um, paint on the outside. I think I did cozy latte. Mm-hmm. And on the interior, I believe I used Melange Perfect White. I have to go back and check. I can't remember, but yeah, those. I think that was the two the two color combinations I used.
0: How many coats did you have to paint? Was it a couple coats?
1: It was a lot. Like the interior, like I just kept going. I probably did like four four coats of like primer, then four four coats of like it. Just I just kept going back and forth. Wow because it was so hard to get in there. Like I just, and I had to, it was so dark. So I just kept touching up, touching up, and then mm-hmm. taking my teeny tiny razor blade against the wind, <laughs> the the glass. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But um, wow. yeah, it was it was definitely a labor of love.
0: <laughs> yeah. And top coat, what type of um, top coat did you put on? So
1: I didn't top coat this one because it, uh, Lily Moon Opulent Paint has a built-in top coat. Mm. If it was being used as like a dresser or a desk, I probably would have top coated the top. But mm-hmm. the paint is really durable, and I do my, you know, like we all do our scratch tests and stuff. And the primer really helps with everything too, with adhesion. Yeah. So that's a super key. Yeah. For me,
4: yeah.
0: So beautiful. Does anybody else have any uh, questions for for Tiffany?
2: I just love yours, Tiff, and I love the fact that. When I see your pieces, I know that they're yours, even before, like, I can see that it's you, because I just love, like, you do the coastal look so well, and that's, like, honestly what I think of when I think of your work is just, and you live right by the beach, so it's just perfect. Thank you so much, Anne. I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. I love your work, Heidi. <laughs> oh, thank you.
0: All right, Tiffany, are uh, you ready for your fun out of nowhere question?
1: Sure. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> A little nervous.
0: uh, No need to be nervous. Here you go. If you had to live outside of the U.S. for a year, which country would you choose? A. England. B. Spain. C. Italy. Or D. Thailand.
1: Ooh, I would have to say Italy. That's definitely on my bucket list.
0: Italy would be hard to beat. I mean, it's like when you start thinking about each one of these countries and what they what they offer. It's like how do you choose? But yeah, Italy is uh, such a cool place. Italy
1: or I, Spain is a close second, but I would say Italy for sure, because it's just, there's so much there's, there's vineyards, there's, there's the, uh, the beach, there's like history. Mm-hmm. And plus I love Italian food. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I could do it. I could do it.
0: Wow. Now that's, that's a big deal though, too. Cause that's, you know, we're talking living there for a year. Uh, so that's, yeah. uh, you know, it's one thing to vacation, another thing to live. But you'd you probably, maybe, one of those situations where you go and live for a year, and you're like, "Okay, I'm set. I'm not coming back."
1: <laughs> May I don't know. I have I have six kids, so I don't know if I could leave them for <laughs> oh, wow. ever. But maybe it'd have to me, or yeah, make that like mm-hmm. a yeah, or they'd have to come visit me.
0: Yeah, well, that would be an exciting place for them to come visit for sure.
1: I definitely would 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 do it though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tiffany can be reached on Instagram at refab underscore six. Congratulations, (laughs) Tiffany.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Well, our third place winner is Heidi with Uncommoner Decor. Heidi's piece is a very unique hutch with some creative elements. Heidi, describe it for our listeners and tell us all about the process.
3: Okay, thanks. Um, Well, I just want to say that I am new to Zebra, so I don't really know the other gals' work. Um, very well or anything. I haven't been paying all that much attention to other people's work in the last, you know, number of years that I've been doing this, but I knew right away when I entered that those two pieces were winners. So I was quite surprised that I was quite surprised that my piece was a winner. Um, but I'm thankful for it. It was, um, I'm always, I guess my name uncommon decor. I'm just always trying to do something maybe a little bit mm-hmm. different, a little bit. Um, sometimes I call it, if I had a style and I'd never do the same thing twice. I'd never work on the same types of pieces. There's nobody out there that likes everything I've done. That's for sure. Um, You know, I just hope to, I hope to catch maybe one or two people that like each piece. So with this one, I definitely, I saw it. It was the middle of our winter. It was another blizzard and I saw it on marketplace and I saw those rounded those rounded Mm -hmm. doors and I just thought I don't see those very often and and I um I looked at I looked at it said it was in perfect condition like new and I'm like well that's great because they're asking you know more than I really kind of thought it was worth but I thought well if it's in perfect condition that's great and so I um messaged them and I said well it's a blizzard I can't pick up today maybe, maybe tomorrow or the next day. And they said, well, we'll deliver it to you. I'm like, great. That's even better. They're going to deliver it. Great. So they delivered it in a blizzard and I, you know, thanked them and paid them and on their way they went. And then a couple days later, I went out to the garage when it had warmed up and I looked at it and the whole bottom was rotten. It was, it was, it was held up. It was replaced by some other boards. And at first I was just like, Oh, I, you know how you get a little bit, upset you're like this is not you know like new and but then I realized I sat back and I looked at it and I thought yeah I can totally cut that bottom off anyway and I probably should anyhow so I was able to cut the complete bottom part you know the the first the bottom three four inches Mm -hmm. right off and they had those curvy things on there anyway that I wouldn't have wanted to keep so I knew I'd add some you know just some basic more modern legs to the bottom and so that's where it started. I just cut that bottom off. It did come in two pieces. So I worked on it, you know, the bottom first, you know, just sanded everything down to the, it was, it wasn't the greatest, it wasn't, um it wasn't the greatest wood. It was like a, a cheaper pine type of wood. And so, um, I mean, I, it was one of those woods, you know, like when you sand it, you almost feel like you could sand it forever. And that powdery stuff would just kind of <laughs> keep coming off of it.
5: It disappears.
3: Um, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but yeah. And so, but I got it all down, you know, pretty rough. And then I just washed it and tried to get it the best I could. I almost, I almost ended up painting it black, but I thought that I got it pretty well, where it wasn't too terribly blot- blotchy from that that mm-hmm. wood that I was working with. And, um, you know, just was able to take, you know, some natural colored paint in some of those areas that are rounded just to kind of like even it out the best I could. And then I really knew that the inside needed to be, to be black. And, um, so to, you know, to kind of pop against that natural look. And, um, I really just didn't want the glass, you know, those, the other two pieces are, are so beautifully traditional and classic and, and gorgeous, but. This piece was really, I wanted it more modern and to give it that more modern vibe. So I knew the glass had to come out for some different material. And so I opted for that, that burlap because I could work with it, you know, mold it to the shape I wanted easily and still kind of see through it. Since the hutch had a light, I thought it would be pretty to have that, that light shining through the, yeah. the burlap um at night so and then those little wood beads I'm kind of been using those little my husband tells me to stop (laughs) using those little wood beads but I love them so I'm gonna just keep using them when I when I feel like it so anyways I added those little wood beads and I just think that it gave it a pop and the cutest little older couple ended up buying this this hutch I I expected it to be kind of like a, a more younger you know, kind of a vibe, and just the cutest little retired couple bought it. They had bought a, a new retirement um, mm-hmm. condo, and it was their first piece. And they're going to, they're, it was their first piece for their new condo, and they're going to just kind of decorate the whole place with this bohoey vibe. And I just thought they're just adorable, so I was happy where it ended up.
0: Oh. Well, how cool is that? Now, the the burlap that you put in place of the uh, the glass, uh, it looks really tight and solid did you how did you attach it to the frame
3: well i have um an automatic stapler mm-hmm. you know one that um a pneumatic stapler stapler mm-hmm. so i i use that around the edges and i just pulled it taut as, as best i could and worked it and thankfully it kind of worked out and then to cover those staples you can see i used a burlap yeah. trim around that to cover those so yeah
0: Okay, that's cool, because I was wondering if that was all part of the same piece. I'm like, how did you do that, like, get the, to get the edges of the burlap to fray, yet to not separate?
3: Nope, nope, it's a separate, yep, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah,
3: good old Hobby Lobby sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> so. You
0: pulled a lot of pieces together from how you treated the base to the little, I guess, are those leather pulls?
3: Yeah, you know, again, I feel like that's kind of got that, like, hippie boho kind of country vibe. That I was going for with it, and you know, I I, I love them because you, I don't have to drill holes. I don't have to drill new holes with leather poles, or or cover up the old holes. You know, I can get them to fit whatever I'm whatever holes I have for the spacing.
0: Well, what's cool about it too is it matches at least from the photograph. It matches the color of the the hutch perfectly. In it. Yeah,
3: it was more of that monochromatic, yeah. you know, neutral type type boho vibe yeah and the
0: the burlap does the same thing and the beads do the same thing but then you get that pop that contrast not really a pop but that contrast of black when you open it up with a with a light in there it's just uh it's really pretty i can i can understand why that couple wanted to uh, design around it that's a great idea
3: yeah yeah like i said they were super sweet it wasn't it wasn't who i thought the piece would go to it was a it was a nice surprise yeah
0: is this the first time you've done a uh, re, uh, refinished a hutch or have you refinished hutches before?
3: I've done a lot of hutches. I've, obviously, I've done, I think we've all done more dressers, um, but I've done, I've done a handful, you know, I've done a good couple of handfuls of hutches for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, that's. They're yeah.
3: never, they're never easy.
0: But, <laughs> no, <you> they're <laughs> tackle. <Yeah.
3: laughs> you know, they're always fun though. They're always fun because you can add paper, you can do, you can, you know, you can just really go at it with, a, a, a new fresh eye and do something different
0: mm-hmm. yeah well, any questions for Heidi
1: no it's just beautiful I love that boho vibe um it's really pretty and the leather pulls I actually just ordered leather the leather knobs for my daughter I'm doing like a boho bedroom for her so I I love your, I love your hatch. it's awesome
2: thank you yeah I love it too I love how you modernized it with that burlap it's uh it's really the in thing right now it's it's really cool it is. It's
0: super cool. Yeah, thanks again. Well, Heidi, here is my fun out of nowhere question for you. You know, this is a little bit different than the other two, so uh, I don't know. We'll see. we'll see what you say to this. If you had to do something daring, what would it be? A, tightrope. B, skydive. C, sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Or D, cook a meal for Martha Stewart, Gordon Ramsay, and Rachel Ray.
3: Those are diverse, um, aren't
0: they?
3: (laughs) Yeah, you know the only thing is, is that it'd be embarrassing. But I think I'd sing sing that anthem. I would definitely not. I would definitely not do of the two, the two for the the high. Tight the, rope I'm afraid of mine. so the one and two were out of the question. I didn't even have to think about it. And <laughs> yeah, so between but Martha Stewart would be fun to meet. And I don't know about Gordon Ramsay, but I've I don't think I would cook for Gordon Ramsay. No, I think I'd <laughs> <laughs>
0: after the anthem. Be I'd too give nervous. it my
3: very best. <laughs>
0: Well, you could just cook a like or cook. You could just make a peanut butter and jelly, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know how that would go over with him. So,
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny because I saw this was years ago. Uh, Martha Stewart was on, and she was. It really, I did a double tape because she was on her show. She was talking about how to make a P and J, and I'm like, what? You mean you have to actually explain that? That's like the one thing I can make, but I don't think I need help explaining how to make a mar- how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. She always has a different twist on stuff. So maybe she had a probably yeah. she probably had a real probably unique jelly or delicious. something. Yeah, but
3: she doesn't know how yeah, but she doesn't know like how much peanut butter or how much jelly, you know, you would like on your sandwich. That's a that's a you know, an individual thing.
0: That's right. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? And I think probably listening to Anne-Michelle's response, I bet, Anne-Michelle, you probably would have chose singing the national anthem, wouldn't you?
2: I think I would have, because, yeah, the other two scare me as well. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be um, cooking for, for them either, because... Yeah, no, it would be a disappointment even before we start. So <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> you could just you could just uh, order in takeout from the best restaurant in town and, and have them deliver it to the to the back door. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bring it out. played it perfect.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tiffany, like, are you into heights? Like, could you have done no. tightrope or uh-uh. skydive?
1: I'm so afraid of heights. I would definitely have cooked. Really? Yeah, I like to cook, so I think that I would love. I, and yeah, I'd I'd be the cooking one. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Well, I cool, can't cool sing. Deal, so. I can't.
1: No, and the national anthem is one of the hardest songs to sing. Yeah, it is. So <laughs> I can't sing either. I can't cook, and I
0: can't. Sing. I'd be <laughs> so on I stage
1: right with that <laughs> one. Cooking, I could do. I could, have, and if they didn't like it, whatever. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> Go eat something else somewhere I'll else. Right? They
1: probably critique anyone, but yeah, all three of those were out <laughs> for me. <laughs>
3: well there was no correct answer really for me so
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry but but it is a fun way to, to learn more about uh, one another well heidi can be reached on instagram at heidi underscore hope underscore o'brien congratulations heidi
3: thank you so much
6: Hi, I'm Jamie Lee, owner and artist with Altered Stay Furniture Art based in Ireland. This podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. When upcycling furniture, I could not create a piece without having my Zebra brushes to hand. They are super high quality, made with synthetic bristles that are very easy to clean. They're also inexpensive, comfortable to hold and available in lots of retailers. So they are very easy to find. My personal favorite brush is the Pam Pro 2-inch cut-in brush, and I couldn't live without it. I highly recommend Zebra brushes. I love them, and I know you will too.
0: Thank you, Jamie, for your kind words about our brushes. It is a great encouragement. Refinishing is such hard work, and I think one aspect of it that makes it challenging is that most furniture is heavy, and many styles are large in size. Most touches definitely fall into the category of larger pieces. In our panel discussion today, we wanted to discuss the challenge of working with larger pieces. We're eager to hear from our winners on how they overcome some of these challenges. So Tiffany, Heidi, and Michelle, when you see a piece on Marketplace or any online site, Have you ever hesitated purchasing it due to its size and weight?
1: Absolutely. I think, yeah. But it depends. Like, if the vision is there, then I'll like jump on it. But then sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm just not in the market for this right now. I don't know if I can take it
2: on. Same, yeah. Yesterday I saw a piece on Marketplace. It was actually an armoire and I asked for dimensions and they said it was ninety-one, eighty-one by 60 and I thought she made a typo I said are you sure it's 60 like depth 60 <gasps> oh my deep? gosh and she's like yeah she's like yeah so pieces like that I have Ooh. to yeah I always have to remember to ask for measurements there's been a few times where I've thought it was a certain size and then you get there and right. you get the look like uh <laughs> what were you thinking it's not gonna fit in your car <laughs> um so yeah <laughs>
1: I think I saw one. I saw one last year on on um, marketplace, and it was like the height of it was like crazy. I think it was like eight feet tall or something, like or even taller. Like I don't even know if I could have fit it in my house.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: So yeah, definitely ask for the measurements for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: I bet that's hard when you see a piece that you really, really want, and it's so unique, but you're like, oh man. I mean, because you got to get it home. I mean, unless, you know, like Heidi, where you got them where they'll drop it off for you. I'm sure that's probably (laughs) unusual for the most part. You
3: really, really want a piece, so you're going to get it, you know? You get it. You find a way.
0: Yeah. Well, well, speaking of finding a way, do you guys all have adequate help uh, when you go to pick up these pieces? I mean, as far as people you're taking with you? I mean, because you're not going alone to pick these pieces up, I would assume, because that's risky.
1: I personally... My husband, he goes and gets them and bring. He he does it for me. Uh, I don't go alone, or he'll do it, and he's the Mm -hmm. one that delivers because we deliver. Um, He'll be my delivery guy and all that stuff. So that's where my help, and I have sons that will help too.
2: Aren't they the best? Yes, (laughs) my
3: one guy is like a professional mover.
2: (laughs) Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I cool. would
3: be in huge trouble if I didn't mention how much my husband helps <laughs> me right now. So <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do, you know, this at all without totally. him really. I, I never stray away from a, a, big, t- a big piece because he gives me, you know, the hand, the help with, especially with things like the legs and the moving and, and the delivering. And most of our pieces, we deliver ourselves. Um, about we deliver him about two and a half hours away to the Twin Cities area and he does a lot of that for me. So yeah, I gotta give him a huge shout out to oh, me too. All the me time. too.
2: <laughs> yeah my husband always knows um, you know sp- save a few hours for the weekend just in case. And uh, now we have to bribe our boys with, you know, spending time going to pick up and deliver. But we tell them, well, you know, we'll give you a piece of it once it sells. So they <laughs> like that idea. Oh, yeah. It always ends up working. But yeah.
3: I have a college son still living at home, too. So that's he's a lot of help and never complains. I love I love the guys in my life. They're They're great for this.
2: Absolutely. You have to have a good
3: good support for it because it's a lot of work
2: it is and you can't you can't do it alone there's no way yeah
3: no way i do have to throw in though my a couple of my kids
1: even my daughter she's my she's 23 and she's home she's working from home and uh, she just graduated college and she does a lot she does a lot of moving too so um, my kids and my husband are huge huge helps
3: I notice a lot of refinishers do a lot of small pieces, and I know it's because they don't have that, that help, that they have to stick to that, the, the smaller pieces.
0: That's probably discouraging, you know, especially when you want to step outside of maybe what you're able to, to, to pick up and, and bring home yourself. You know, I would imagine probably, especially for those that are starting out, maybe they don't even have the right size vehicle. You know, to pick up some of these things, and right. so it's that makes right. it challenging. What about when yeah. you get the piece unloaded? Do you unload it in a spot that requires little to no moving it around? How's that? Uh, what What are your thoughts on these heavy pieces, and when, once you get them back to the studio to start working on them?
3: Well, I can say that I don't have a shop. This is Heidi. I I don't have a shop. I have an unheated garage (laughs) and you know, being in northern Wisconsin. um, But I I am, you know, it, it is kind of, it's so nice to get some fresh air on a day where it's, you know, 20 degrees and warmer. I can get out there with my gloves and my hat and my earmuffs and get out there and sand away. And, you know, I really enjoy that because it's a little bit of vitamin D anyway, something to do outside. And then we haul it back inside, and my whole, um, my whole main floor of our home has been turned into a stage. In <laughs> so <laughs> I can relate, and you know, but that was that was the way I was anyway. I mean, I've been do I've been you know finishing furniture now for about seven years, but prior to that, you know, I always decorated. I always when I didn't have a way for this creative creativity to like get out of me, I would repaint walls and redecorate rooms and all that. So now I have like this little thing that I can do and it's instead of costing us money, you know, I can make yes. a little money at it. So it's a good thing. So yeah, my I think what I should do is take a picture of my my living room every week and then like put that on one of those reels or whatever where you it's because it's different every week, which is kind of fun, but you know, kind of kind of hard for my husband to like Walk walk into the house and not know who, where he is again.
4: So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> or if you get up in the night uh, and you have to maybe go to the kitchen or something, and you you forget that there's a whole <laughs> new piece of furniture right there where it wasn't normally yeah. supposed to be there. Getting worked on, yeah. <laughs> be
4: yeah, something
3: no, new for in sure, the house for sure. Yes, always, always
0: what let me ask you guys this question so there's you know there's the whole uh, aspect of like picking it up and getting it to uh, to your to your garage studio home whatever and then of course you know the working on them you know that's the they're they're bigger there's more space to cover more space to clean to prep to paint uh like in hutches sometimes you have to take them apart um you know so like and even the fact of designing like you know You're maybe you've got a a nightstand versus a big uh, hutch or a big buffet. Do you find it out of all of these different aspects of the refinishing process, like working on a bigger piece, what is the biggest challenge that you guys feel come with working on larger pieces?
1: I think it's just like the larger pieces. It's just the space, and you know they're just the littler ones are so are definitely hands down easier and you could move them around. I have to rely on like my husband to come home from work to help me like move it if I need it to go in certain like to get to a certain part of it if it's too heavy. So it's just the size of it I think, right?
2: That's exactly what I was going to say. Like when we finish the first thing we do is we um put it on its back and then we put those felt pads on the bottom just because I'm going to get the impulse to move it like halfway during the day when no one else is here. So I just need to be able to push it across the floor. Yes,
1: that's a good idea. And
3: uh, that's a great idea with the felt on the bottom.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, it's been a lifesaver.
3: Because it's always like three inches that you have to move it yep. to just to get to that uh-huh. sunlight or something and or to be able to see it. You know, yeah, more clearly. Yeah
0: is it harder to make uh design decisions on larger pieces versus smaller pieces i don't know if that's like a common sense question or answer but is that uh did you find it different is it you know because it's so much bigger and has more uh coverage
3: i think if a piece is boring then it's harder if a piece like like um if a piece like that the second i'm sorry who's hatched the, the fab 6 yes That that hutch is so beautiful that it must have inspired you right away. Well, had such good bones,
1: yeah. It just it was,
3: yeah, just it was awesome. I I think the bigger pieces are fun. Kind, I mean, obviously the work wasn't easy because it took so much paint and it was so hard to do. But I mean, it made your work the designing it easy because you could see how beautiful it could be right off the bat. Other pieces have what you know they don't they take more time to speak to you sometimes. You know when they're not as beautiful as that one. Yeah. I think so. So I, I, sometimes I don't think it really is about the size that makes it hard to design something. I think it's you know just the bones of the piece. I try to
1: look for bones that I like, you know, because I, I boring pieces. Like I do client work and stuff, but um, and you and you you have to, you're kind of rely on what they they're giving you. But like yeah, for me personally, like I'm always looking for like a fun or like a good bones for sure.
3: You know, like, the rounded um, doors of the piece I had just spoke boho to mm. me. Like, I didn't have to work to, to say that that's a boho piece. It was already there. Right. So, but, uh, you know, if I, I guess if I'm trying to answer that question, I don't think it depends on size that makes it hard to design. Mm-hmm. In fact, like I think I said earlier, with Hutches, you know, they have those backs that are kind of like that, that, that blank canvas, so that's almost kind of easy to design or kind of see something for, you know, with paper or paint. Yeah, they're
1: fun.
0: That's helpful to hear because, I, you know, I'm sure there's some folks out there that maybe maybe they're kind of new to refinishing and they're working on smaller pieces and they, they like the idea of refinishing a hutch or a buffet, but they're wondering if it's uh, obviously beyond all the other challenges of size and moving them around, but um, maybe they're a little bit, you know, nervous about, man, could I design a piece? Could I design what needs to be done to it if it's bigger? Um, but but I like what you said. It's really not so much about the, the size of the piece, but what, what it is itself and whether it's like a blank, you know, where there's not a whole lot of design inspiration in, it, in and of itself or it's got already some stuff there to work with. So that's helpful. Right.
3: And I, I bet that, you know, a piece that would speak to me – probably doesn't speak to somebody mm-hmm. else and you know same is true the other way so yeah. it's just whatever speaks to you i just feel like they speak yeah i feel like they speak yeah. to us like i
1: just feel like i'll yes. leave it and you know they kind of just i'm like wow i didn't think it was going to be this that it ended up being like i just did a piece recently that i Definitely didn't see it going the way it did. That stem cell one? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was not in the works at all. And then I just thought it was so boring. And I was like, oh, I got to do something. different." And I went into my daughter's room it's anyway. Beautiful. But, uh, so I
2: looked. Yeah.
1: It was fun. It was fun.
3: But yeah, like we could just, they just kind of tell you what they want. <laughs> and then sometimes they just, i I'm, you know, I'm having block right now. Right now, I'm I'm on a piece, and I I just want to run out and buy some pull wrap for it, and cover the drawers and be done with it. And 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 then I'm just, but I'm struggling. I want I'm like, but maybe you can find something fresh and a new idea for this piece. Maybe you know. So at, at, at the very end, if I haven't found something fun for it, I'm just going to go buy some pull wrap. So <laughs> yeah. if
4: my next piece
3: has pull wrap on it, you'll know I just couldn't come to a decision. <laughs>
2: A lot of the times um, for me, I'm so indecisive when it comes to the design I want to do. And it becomes where you sort of start like arguing with yourself over what you want to do to the piece. And you talk yourself out of things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like for me with the hutch, that was such a like a, a clean, like easy look for it. But there's been times where I've come up with all these plans in my head because it's a big piece. And then, you know, you talk yourself out of, well, is this too much or is this too little? And then Mm -hmm. you, you just sort of, you become overwhelmed and then you just leave it and you don't even do it at all. And I think a lot of the times that's, I think what becomes overwhelming, um, for people, maybe like you said, who are new to refinishing, the possibilities are so endless that sometimes you just get overwhelmed and you have to like stop (laughs) and you just, yeah, <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. Yep. I'm having one of those moments <laughs> this week. <laughs>
5: for sure.
0: Yeah, I think probably, you know, speaking of being overwhelmed, and michelle I mean, there's so many benefits to the community, right? And the social media and being able to be inspired. You know, there's probably times where it's good just to step away from that as well and just like kind of focus on the piece and not so much of looking at so much for inspiration. Because that's maybe especially if you find yourself getting frustrated, you know, making decisions, it's probably good to just uh, step away from the piece maybe and step away from looking for ideas for it and just uh, let it sit there, come back to it and then see what see what kind of flows out of your your creative mind that probably is the right thing to do and moving forward.
2: Yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, you can have your heart sit on one thing. Like I think a few weeks ago I had my heart set on doing like this bright pink piece and I actually went to the store and I got the paint. And then this week I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. So you can totally talk yourself <laughs> into you or out of something just depending on the day. I think <laughs> so.
1: I do too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, any other comments uh, or thoughts, tips or anything on uh, the idea of the challenges of working with larger pieces?
1: No, I think you just, if you see one and you love it and it has like those bones and and you could just go for it,
3: do it. It's uh, yeah. rewarding. And I love doing hutches. I will say that I've noticed that doing a big piece isn't all that much harder than doing a small piece and sometimes small pieces are just as hard because you know they have their corners they have they have just as many corners as the big piece or so they have you know they're they're, they're painting in a, a a lot of space isn't much harder that you know than painting in a smaller space really if, th- if that if that makes sense yep yeah, i agree
0: Well, we appreciate each of you for sharing your own experiences on working with larger pieces. I know that uh, your insights will be a big help to others who are possibly deterred from working on them because I think you guys have covered that well, and I think... uh I think you've given some encouragement in that area for those that uh, want to go to those larger pieces but or maybe hesitant. The only thing I think we all can agree on is uh, just make sure you've got help to get it from where it's at to where you're working. Because <laughs> you don't want to hurt your back, right? You want to make sure that you um, stay safe. And also, uh, and first and foremost, congratulations again, Anne, Michelle, Tiffany, and Heidi. Your pieces were all incredibly beautiful. Uh, we thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to just say thank you and congratulations to both of you. Um it was an honor to be on this podcast and to be with such great company.
3: Yeah, you guys had beautiful hutches, just gorgeous. I was I was quite surprised to be in the same category. Oh. So I was I was very happy. Thank, thank you. Thank you.
2: I love both of your work. I, they're beautiful and I'm so glad to be here with you guys. And now I got to meet a new refinisher. Yay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, Heidi. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. It's nice to meet you guys, too.
0: This week's refinishing tip comes from Marissa with Lily and Cedar.
6: Hi, listeners. This is Marissa Palumba with Lily and Cedar. My refinishing tip for you is to never skip your prep work. This is the most important step to ensure your paint or stain adheres correctly and looks its best. First, you will need to clean your piece with a degreaser and a lint-free cloth. I recommend a microfiber cloth. This will remove any dirt, grime, and other oily substances that may affect your paint adhesion. Next, you want to scuff sand. Scuff sanding helps provide a tooth for your paint to grab onto and really makes your paint adhere. I recommend 120 to 180 grit sandpaper for this. After painting, always perform a fingernail scratch test to make sure your paint or primer has proper adhesion. Take your fingernail or another flat, sharp object and scratch your piece with it. If the paint peels off easily, you'll have to repeat your previous prep steps to ensure your paint sticks. If the paint doesn't budge, you're good to move on to the next step of refinishing your piece.
0: Thanks, Marissa. There are several facets to prepping and each time we hear a refinisher's process, we always learn new ways and techniques to do it effectively. Our question of the week, what did you do before you began refinishing furniture is answered by our friends, Terry with Fern underscore T Amy with High Lakes DIY and Sonia with Rustically Modern.
7: Hello, my name is Terry Javarina. My company's name is Fern Restore Relove. My Instagram handle is Fern, F-U-R-N underscore T-J-A-V, T-J-A-V. Before I began refinishing furniture, I worked in retail for many, many years. I was with Target for 15 years and worked in women's apparel. I then went and um, decided to sell to Target, again, all in women's apparel, and I did that for another eight years. I was in charge of sales in, in the creative side. Then I decided to start my own business and was in sales and consulting for another 10, ten years, which um, I really enjoyed, again, only selling Target. But the pandemic was tough on my business, and I decided to um, shut it down and pivot into something else, and that something else was refinishing furniture. Um, I had always enjoyed updating furniture for family and friends and thought, how fun to make this into a business. Um, I love um, updating old antiques um, that are all quality wood into modern pieces for today's homes. Um, And Act Two has been in the works for two and a half years, and I just really love it. So thank you, Zebra, for having me on today. Hi, my name is Amy, and I'm the owner
8: of High Lakes DIY. Before I started furniture refinishing, I was a firefighter paramedic. I rode on the ambulance for about six years before I sustained a knee injury and had to stop. I had knee surgery and was about couch-bound for about three months. I was going absolutely bonkers, so I was trying to find something that would waste my time. So I started furniture refinishing. It was... It was hard. I learned a lot through that first couple months, and most of my projects were not good. I started watching YouTube videos and following people on Instagram to try and figure out what the heck I was doing. Um, My projects have gotten better. I still have to focus on details, and I learn things with every project, but that's what I love about it. I'm now back to work and as a full-time paramedic at an urgent care, so I've refinished furniture on the side, actually. I love being able to come home and use it as my therapy, even though some projects still frustrate me. I document everything on my Instagram, the goods and the bad, and how I do this part-time outside of my job. I feel like everyone needs a little something outside of their job just to remain a little sane. I highly recommend Furniture Refinishing, and if you want to see how I did it, follow me on Instagram at DIY. And thank you, Zebra, for featuring me on your podcast.
5: Hi, it's Sanya. on Instagram. I'm known as rustically underscore modern. Before I started painting furniture, I got my bachelor's in political science. I worked at a law firm for about 15 years. When my older daughter was about two, she was diagnosed with autism and I decided to become a stay-at-home mom to dedicate 100% of my time to making her as functional as possible. Days were spent in about six, seven hours a day in therapy, different therapies, ABA, speech, OT, PT, then uh, social groups through park district, therapeutic horseback riding. Rest of the time was spent reading, doing research, interacting on Facebook, different autism, uh, special needs groups uh, with parents who were in the same boat. Um, they be- i've made some really great friends along the way and it became my support system at a time my younger was born about the same time um she became the best supporter and therapist for my older daughter um i started painting as a way to relieve stress and that became my therapy at the time i started painting all the walls in the house the staircase smaller pieces of furniture just kind of DIYs. And uh, I found that I really enjoy it and it really calms me. So what started as a hobby has turned eventually into a business. I do have a booth at the Rustic Fox in Aurora. I just recently opened an Etsy shop. It's a rustically modern shop. And I do take custom orders. As my final thought, um, I would like to say that anybody can paint. You just gotta love what you do and don't be afraid you'll learn along the way it's a learning process the most important thing is that you enjoy it
0: thanks terry amy and sonia welcome to our new podcast segment called furniture bloopers how many of you think you are the only ones that make errors or gaffes in your refinishing process Maybe you had an incident that occurred with a client that you were terribly embarrassed about. Well, you aren't the only one. Everyone makes mistakes and we all learn from them, don't we? Our friend Becky with Phoenix Vintage Furniture suggested that we add a segment like this to our show as it encourages others to know that you are not alone yes we all make them and it's okay life is too short we can look back at these bloopers knowing that it wasn't great at the time but you probably won't do it again and this is one more way we can glean from one another and you know how it is often days and weeks after it happens it's not as big of a deal as it was at the time it's actually one of those stories you tell later and it may bring a chuckle or two but ultimately you really do move on today's furniture blooper is shared by our good friend diana with pink pine cone
9: Hi, this is Diana with the Pink Pine Cone, and here's my furniture blooper. I got these bright red shiny dressers from a client who wanted them repainted in gray. And so I knew I was going to need to use an oil based primer to get all the coverage that I wanted. But the problem was that I couldn't remove the hardware. And just to try to create a visual, think of these poles as like concave discs that were put into these circular inlays that had been kind of carved out of each drawer and they were glued in. And then they must have come out maybe like a centimeter or two from the drawer itself. So they were nearly impossible to tape off or to cover, which meant that I now had to paint around the hardware and I wouldn't be able to spray or roll the paint on like I had planned, which meant that I had to paint it freehand right up to each pole. So I'd paint right up to the hardware and then paint around it. And that would ultimately get some of the paint on the poles, which meant that I had to wipe it off, which wiped off what I wanted on the drawers. (laughs) So I'd go back and forth. And in the end, there were brushstrokes, that were left behind around almost nearly every pole. So once it dried, I tried to sand the primer back to remove any of the visible brushstrokes, but I couldn't really get close enough to the hardware without scratching it. And at a certain point, I just felt like I had spent so long on this prep stage that I really wanted to just move on to painting. Um, <laughs> and so I kind of convinced myself that the brushstrokes would just go away once I got to the painting part and I painted over them. That um, was obviously wrong. So that meant that I would Basically, I would paint the gray paint on, and then I would still see the brushstrokes, so I'd sand it all back, trying to make it smooth, and then I'd paint it again, and then I'd sand it back again, and I'd paint it again, and I must have painted these things no less than 50 times, and I just kept thinking that it was going to magically disappear, like these brushstrokes were just going to go away if I added enough paint on top of them. Um, But anyway, I guess the lesson learned here is that if you can see brushstrokes at the primer level. They're not going to get better if you paint over them.
0: Diana, sometimes the process we normally implement hits a snag and we are left doing the best we can under the situation. We certainly learn from those snags. I might add that our top coat brushes, which are engineered natural filaments, would likely give you that silky smooth finish you need under the constraints of having to take small brush strokes around hardware. Thanks for sharing, and we are glad that it is all behind you now. If you have had a furniture blooper that you wouldn't mind sharing on the podcast, please reach out to us. you don't know how your mistake may be quite instrumental in keeping others from making the same one, email me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. We have contest announcements for the new month of May. One of our newer contests continues. It's the Zebra Staging Contest with Jen and Amanda of the Vintage Sisters. All you have to do to enter is post your pieces with the hashtag Zebra Staging May. Jen and Amanda along with our three winners for April to be announced soon by the way will review the hashtag the first of June and choose three winners. The winners will be chosen based on the effectiveness of the staging, and this covers the quality of the piece refinished, how the pieces are staged with a particular style of furniture presented, and last but not least, the quality of the photography. The three winners will receive a special framed award, zebra paintbrushes, and appear in a podcast to be interviewed by Jen and Amanda. Also, the three main winners will co-judge with Jen and Amanda for June's staging contest. The Zebra Review category theme for May is Chairs. Our featured judge is Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. If you have refinished or reupholstered a chair from January 1st through May 31st of 2023, simply use the hashtag ZebraChairs. Jen will pick her five favorites, then the remaining three judges, Katie with Salvage by K. Scott, Katie Cloud with Katie & Company at Home, and Lauren with Portland Road Living will vote out of Jen's selections to choose the three winners. This month's prize sponsors are Melange Paints, D-Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Painting. The three winners will appear on the podcast and be interviewed by Jen. Thanks for joining us each week. We are grateful for each of you. All links to artists will be in this week's show notes. We can't tell you how encouraged we are when we hear from you or when we read your reviews on one of the podcast directories. Speaking of podcast directory reviews, would you consider leaving one on your favorite directory if you haven't already? This helps tremendously in our ability to reach more people as well. It is a big boost to our ranking. As a thank you for leaving a review, we'd like to send you a small gift. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Put podcast review in the subject heading and include your full name and mailing address. Okay, that's it for this week. Until next time, friends, happy painting.